more I'm going to give you. We're talking about more. How many wants more or less? Man, yeah. We're talking about just good things today. We, we, we want less trouble and less sickness and all that. But, man, we're talking about more of Jesus. Let, let, I'll just give you a quick rundown of, of where we're at right now. So, first of all, we talked about what? More. Where do we start? Where does it always start? More Jesus. It's coming. More Jesus. We need more Holy Ghost. We need more souls, more workers, more miracles, more freedom. Amen? Are you walking in freedom? We're working on our habits and addictions, getting free. Amen? We're talking about more. And last week we talked about more grace, more mercy. Anybody need more grace and mercy? Yeah. We need more peace. There's a lot of trouble in the world. But I want more peace and more love. Can anybody use more love? Do you have enough? Are you giving enough? Are you receiving enough? So we're going to continue this morning. So I guess this would be number 10. We're going to talk about more. Let's look at Philippians chapter 1 and verse number 9. I pray that your love will overflow. Now... If your love overflows, what does that mean? You're what? You're full, yeah. To, to over, for something to overflow, it's got to be full. And I want to be full of the love of God. I want to be full of love for others. I want to be full of the love that God has for me. And he, I said, I, I pray that your love will overflow more and more. I think I said it last week, but I think what's better than more is more and more. And then after that, you can get some more. I like s'more. Y'all like, oh, that's, that's a totally different thing. Some more. <laughs> I want some more of that. I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing. Everybody say growing. So all of these things that we've talked about up to now, 10 points, we want to continue to grow in them more and more. We don't, there's not a place that we're going to stop saying, I need more Jesus. I need more Holy Ghost. I need more miracles. We're not going to get to the place where, you know what, we've got enough souls. Until the gospel has been preached to every nation and everybody's heard about Jesus, we're going to keep saying, Lord, give us more and more souls for the kingdom of God. More. And that you keep more and more growing in knowledge and understanding. Now, I don't have a lot of knowledge, and I don't understand everything. So you know what? I can grow. I'm ignorant in a lot of things. You know what ignorance is? It's just the lack of knowledge. You know, <laughs> there are some people that are ignorant, and then there's some that are just stupid. Life is hard, but it's harder when you're stupid. Huh? So let's not be stupid. But it's okay to admit, hey, I lack knowledge. Okay? 
Now listen, we're going to talk today about husbands and wives, and we're going to talk about children. And I can tell you, when we get to the wife part, I don't have knowledge. I'm not even going to try to do that part, because I don't understand them. Men, we were asleep when God made women. And we woke up going, what is going on? And we've been trying to figure it out ever since. But I'm going to tell you something this morning. We can grow in knowledge and wisdom. You can learn her. You can learn about her. You can learn how she works. Listen, you, you know, men, you know. You've learned those buttons. I'm going to tell you something. You stick your finger in that light socket enough times, you'll finally learn, don't touch that. Oh, I'm preaching better than y'all are amening right now. So we, we need to... Women... Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you, y'all been, y'all been, all this time won't be know what men are thinking. I'm going to tell you today. We're very simple. I'll teach you. Uh, but we can grow in knowledge and understanding. So let me just ask you this question first. Do you think, could you be a better husband or wife? Could you be a better father or mother? Could you be a better grandfather or grandmother? You know, for someone to say, hey, I've arrived. I'm perfect. There's nothing else I need. I'm all that in a bag of tater chips. You have just stepped out of ignorance into stupidity. Because I'm here to tell you today, there's no one of us perfect. None of us know everything. We all have room for improvement. We all need to grow. Can I get a big amen? Amen. So I want to help you today. And we're going to start out just looking at Scripture. You can't get any better than the Word of God. This is such a familiar Scripture. We're going to talk about it a little bit. I'm going to give you uh, a few uh, hopeful, helpful tips. And... um, It's going to be good. Here we go. Ephesians chapter number 5 and verse number 21. And further, I'm going to tell you some more stuff. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Number one, husbands and wives, you've got to learn to submit to one another. The Bible says, husbands, your body belongs to your wife. Wife, your Bible says, your body belongs to your husband. You've got to learn to submit yourselves to each other. Thank you for that one amen. Everybody else is scared to say anything because they don't know what I'm going to say the rest of the time. (laughs) For wives, let's talk about wives first. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the Savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. That was the only thing he said for wives to do. But husbands, this means love your wives. 
just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did not. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. Oh, we love ourselves. Don't, don't, don't. You know you do. You were primping this morning, looking in the mirror, fixing your hair, making sure you all look right. We blame that all on the women, but we, we do it. You love your wife just as you love your own body. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his wife. I'm sorry. Well, no one should hate his wife either. Man, I messed that scripture up. Maybe I said that just for somebody. Let me back up. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and his mother and is joined to his wife. The two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an, it's an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again, I say... Each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Let me give you just a few uh, points today. Uh, if we're going to be better husbands, better leaders, better fathers, better grandfathers, if we are going to be better, I, I need more knowledge and understanding. I need to, number one, know my role. What is my role in this home? What is my role in this family? And number one, as the husband, as the man, I need to be a good leader. Now, I'm going to tell you this. If you're going to hell, your wife don't have to follow you. If you're, if you're leading in places she doesn't need to go, she doesn't have... The scripture says, as you follow Christ, she follows you. You are the leader. Are you, as the husband, a Christ follower? Jesus walked around and he picked men and he said, come and follow me. And they left everything they had and they followed him. As they followed him, he made none of them were who they needed to be. I mean, they were they were liars, cheaters. They were they were just normal everyday people. They were tax collectors. They were all kind of things. But Jesus chose them, and as they followed him, he made them into who they needed to be. He saw who they could be. Who oh, I'm glad God sees who I can be, not just who I am today. And he chose me because he knew I had potential. You have potential, but you've got to follow Jesus. And if you'll be the leader and you will follow Christ, your wife will have no problem following you. 
You're called to be the protector. You're the ones that need to kill the bugs. That's what I have to do in my house. Kill the bug. She's not touching a bug. I got to protect her from the bugs. I got to protect her when she hears a noise. I heard something. Middle of the night. Wake me up. I heard something. No, you didn't hear nothing. I didn't hear it. I heard something. You know how many times I've walked around our house, looked in every closet, looked... Just because she thought she heard something. But you know what? If she thought she heard something, it's my job. Oh, I was so proud of her the other night. It's been a while. She heard something. She didn't wake me up. She got up and walked around the house and looked. She told me that the next day. I'm like, what? I couldn't believe it. So proud. You're called to be her protector. Come on. You're the one. Saw this little video on Facebook the other day. This man and lady's walking down the road, and uh, these guys jumped out. Woo! And the guy screamed and pushed her and took her and ran off. Get away from that sorry dude. You need you want somebody that's going to protect you, going to step in between you and danger. Come on, protect. Look, can I tell you something today? Adam should have been paying attention in the garden and protected Eve from the lying devil. Don't blame Eve. God gave Adam dominion and authority, and he says, your responsibility to tend this garden, to watch over it, to protect it. And he gave Eve to Adam, and it was Adam's job. He should have been there going, whoa, 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 no, 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 no. You're not going to talk to my wife like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He should have protected her. He should have stood and said, no, 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 we're not going to do that. We're going to God. And you know what? We could have been living in a whole different situation. Where was he that day? He was probably fishing or playing golf. or He was doing something. I don't know what he was doing, but he wasn't doing his job. We've got to be the provider. God's called you as a man to be the provider, to provide for the physical, amen, to supply the need, physical, emotional, spiritual. You're the spiritual leader of your house. You don't need to send your wife and kids to church. You need to bring your wife and kids to church. You be the leader. Be a Christ follower. Give them somebody that they want to follow. You say, I can't get my wife to follow me. I can't get my wife to submit to me or respect me. Be the person that she respects. Give her something to follow. Be going somewhere she wants to go. If you're not going somewhere she doesn't want to go, come on, you need to change your direction. We've got to be the provider. We've got to be the promoter. Are you promoting your wife? Are you trying to help your wife get ahead? Are you trying to help her fulfill all of her God-given talents and abilities? This ain't the 1950s. 
She thought, you don't have to stay home all day and have your supper on the table when you get home, bring you your newspaper, bring you your sweet tea. Come on. She's not your slave, and she's not your mama. Oh, that's some good preaching right there. I like it. <laughs> Come on. You gotta begin to promote her, find out what is her dreams and her ambitions, and say, sweetheart, listen, if you whatever you want to do, I want to help you. You want to get more education, I'll pay for your schooling. If you wanna, if you want a job, amen, I'll help you. What do you want to do? I mean, in today's society and with the economy, it almost takes two people to make it anyway. Don't be the one that pushes her down and keeps her down. Be the one that promotes her. Listen, I would love, and it happened many times, my wife made more money than me. She's my secretary now, so she doesn't anymore. But you know what? Someday I wish I could pay her more than me. Woo, come on. Promote your wife. Let her get out there and and be successful. Make a million dollars and you can retire and stay home. No, no, no. That's not the purpose. Listen, you want her to be fulfilled. You want her to be successful. You want her to be happy. Amy had written a book. Worked a long time on journaling on the New Testament. Now she had an Old Old Testament. Now she has one on the New Testament. And uh, she had had it for a long, long time, for years. And finally we decided it was just time. And you know what? I urged her. I encouraged her. I I put it on my credit card and then worked to pay for it. Why? Because I wanted to fulfill that desire in her, amen, to publish this book. I wanted, amen, to help her be successful. Listen, you need to be a promoter of your wife. You need to be her biggest cheerleader. Amen, you need to encourage her. Amen, you need to be there to help make her successful. Don't be always trying to pull her down and keep her from success because you're insecure. Come on, get secure in yourself. Amen. Listen, a good, successful wife is a good reflection on her husband. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Y'all ready? Y'all not ready. Got to be a good leader. You need to be a good protector. You need to be a good provider. You need to be a good promoter. You need to be a good lover. I got some amens from the wives. I didn't hear no husband say nothing. <laughs> hey, are you a better lover today than you were on your honeymoon? On my honeymoon, I did not have a clue what I was doing. What was going on? And after 35 years, we've learned some things. Huh? Y'all ready? Oh, let me go back to the scripture. I don't want y'all to just think this is me. Look here. As the scripture says, a man shall leave his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. Y'all know what that is? You know what that's talking about? That's sex. You didn't invent it. God did. 
The devil didn't invent it. God did. It was God's gift to you. He could have made it with no feeling. He could have made it just to go through a routine. But God loved us. And he made it pleasurable and enjoyable. He wanted you to enjoy. He said, a man will leave his father and mother, will come and cleave to his wife, and they'll become one flesh. It's the only time two people are one. And then the Bible says, this is a great mystery. What's that mean? That means men hadn't figured it out yet. It is a great mystery. I'm still trying to figure this thing out. About the time you think you get them figured out, they change. About the time you know what you're doing, you don't know anymore. Huh? Come on. You're young. You get married. I mean, you're just, you're just having a good time. You don't know what you're doing, but you're just doing a lot of it. I tell people all the time, just keep practicing. Practice makes perfect. Huh? Yeah. But as you grow and as you learn, you start learning some things. And you learn things about each other. And then you, it don't take as long. Yeah. You know, when we were young, we used to have those quickies. Now we have slowies. And if it's after 9 o'clock, it's noies. We're getting old. Some of y'all are like, I ain't ever going to be like that. That's what we said about those old people. Now we're the old people. That's all right. Because you don't have to have quantity. The older you get, you got quality. You start knowing what you're doing. Yeah. If. The Bible says, study to show yourself approved. A workman that needeth not be ashamed. There's a lot of you need to be ashamed. Because you don't know what you're doing. You hadn't taken the time to learn. You haven't taken the time to ask. You haven't taken the time to listen. And you're selfish. Don't be a selfish lover. Come on. Don't just have a good time, roll over and go to sleep. You got to make sure that your spouse is satisfied in every way, physically, spiritually, emotionally, that you're leading her in the right path. I'm telling you, if you're leading her in the right way, she'll have no problem following you. Huh? If you're leading her into fun and fulfillment, if you're leading her, amen, she will follow you gladly. But listen. If every time you play the game, you fumble the ball on the 10-yard line, after a while, she don't want to play the game no more. She's got to score a touchdown every now and then. Oh, that's good preaching. I know most of y'all probably never heard preaching like this in church before. If you don't learn it in church, where are you going to learn it? It was God's idea. God created it. And God wants you, amen, to enjoy your marriage. He wants you, amen, to be fulfilled. And He wants you, amen, to be happy. But listen, there's a lot of husbands and wives that are miserable. And they're not happy. And wives, a lot of it's your fault. I know you're working hard. I know you're working up a sweat. And then you're like, hey, baby, how was it? 
And she's like, oh, that was good. Yeah, it was fine. It's not good. Stop lying. Listen, say, baby, it was great. I appreciate all that you, I appreciate all you're doing, but I just need a little more. Come on, need a little more work, need a little more help. We got, we got to learn, we got to talk about this. Yeah. We need to, and don't be, don't get offended. Don't be offended. If you want to be a good lover, you need to listen. You need to ask questions. You need to, I see you. I got you. <laughs> I just lost one. It's okay. They waved on the way out the door. They'll be back. Don't worry. All right. Come on. Did you know sex starts between the ears before it's between the legs? See, I, I hope that you're doing all of these in these little books. They're so simple. So simple. But it's just little, the little love notes, the little I love you's, the little text, the little, every, if you didn't start, if you didn't get one of these ones, it's what men want, what women want. It's our 29-day challenge. If you didn't get one, come get one, start it in March. And if you got one and did it, don't quit. On the 29th, let's keep doing these little things. You see, I, I opened my iPad this morning. I got to church. I opened my iPad, and when I opened it up, a note fell out. And my wife told me all the things I am. Now, I'm not reading all of them to you. She said, you are anointed. You're called. You're faithful. You're joyful. Funny. Oh, yeah. You, you're, you're knowledgeable. You're kind and thoughtful and hardworking. And... That's enough. Y'all don't need Y'all can't handle no more. You know what? Man, that made me feel good. It made me feel good. I'd be like, oh, I can't wait to get home. That's, that's some good stuff. That's, listen. It's little things during the day. Have you been just sending little love notes? I got notes on, stuck on my mirror, my window. And we was in a hotel at a conference, man. Had sticky notes all over the mirror. I bet the maid came in thinking, what in the world is all this craziness? Listen, you got to grow more and more in love and knowledge and wisdom and understanding. Learn what your spouse needs are and be willing to work hard to fulfill them. Can I get a big amen? Uh-oh, let's open back up. I got, I got a couple more things, and then I got a guest speaker for you. Here we go. Second Timothy already told you, study to show yourself approved. Come on, let's work hard, men. Let's, let's, let's do what God has called us to do. Let's, be, let's make sure that we're leading our wives in good things all around. Amen? Now, we're to, we're, we're to the wife's uh, perspective and the wife's point. I don't know nothing about it. So I'm going to call a good wife. Now, let me tell you one more thing. I know all you women, you've been thinking, I just don't know what my, man, my man's thinking about. I don't know. Listen, men think three things. That's it. We have three thoughts. Food, sports or hobbies, sex. That's, pre, that's it. If we're eating, we're thinking about what we're going to watch and what we're going to do. 
You say, I wonder what my husband's thinking about when we're making love. He's thinking about what am I going to eat after this is over and what I'm going to watch. It's pretty much one of those, we're pretty simple. But, but women, wives are complicated. But what would we do without them? Husbands, are you happy for your wives? Amen. I'm going to call my wife up. She's going to give you wives a few uh, things. Uh, and uh, then we're going to come back. We're going to talk just a minute. And we've got something to pass out to put in your hands. I'm sorry. <laughs> Amen. I didn't know. All that wasn't in his notes, just so you know. Because I read his notes. <laughs> <laughs> so just talking about what are the roles of the wife. Just trying to follow along with what he laid out for the men, for the husbands. If a husband is to be the leader, then that makes the wife the follower. So I went to the dictionary, and what is a follower? Well, follower simply means to move along behind someone who is the guide or the leader. So Sometimes we make it so hard, but literally... It means follow. And, and I think Pastor Samuel said it all when he said, follow me as I follow Christ. That is the key point. If God is not the center of your marriage, if God is not the center of your relationship, then you're not going the right direction. That's just all there is to it. You've got to make sure that you're following Christ, then your wife will have no problems following you. And the one scripture that he read, wives had one job, right? Submit unto your husband. What does that mean? Another word for submit is respect. And I looked up the definition of respect. So for us to be a follower, be a respecter. A feeling of deep admiration for someone or something elicited by their abilities, qualities, or achievements. And then I put in there, Remember your first love. There is something about your husband that you loved or you would not have married him. End of story. You picked him. So, now then, deal with it. (laughs) He deserves your respect. And if you are caught up in a situation, if you're caught up in personality conflict, if you're caught up in some kind of something that's going on right now, then you're not looking at the big picture and you're forgetting all of those qualities that you held so high in esteem when you first met that person. And I really believe, and I spent all last year, 2023, working on being grateful and thinking of things to be grateful for. I encourage you every day to think of something that you're grateful for for your spouse. What is something they did that day that you can say thank you? They took out the trash. They went to work. (laughs) You know, all of these things. It can be simple things. It doesn't have to be hard. We make it so hard. But it's not hard. It's simple. Just think of those things that you first loved about that person. And focus on those things. Make yourself a list. It wasn't that hard. Once I started writing one or two words, then another thing came and another thing came and another thing came. And it wasn't that hard to make a good list. I'm a woman of lists anyway. I live by lists. If I don't write it down, it does not get done. But 
we need to not just make a list of the things we have to do. Let's make a list of the things we love. Let's make a list of the qualities of that person. Let's esteem them, regard them, hold high opinion of them, have an admiration for them, approval for them, reverence them, honor and praise them as our husband. Those are all synonyms for the word respect. And that's a command. That is a command from God to us as wives to have respect. They may not deserve it, but we're going to give it anyway because that's what we're commanded to do. And I promise if you give it, they will rise to the occasion. They will come to the point to where you're like, wow, where did that even come from? Because you gave them the respect that they were due, the respect that you're required to do because it's, it's a command from God. We expect unconditional love. We should give unconditional respect. So be a follower, be a respecter, be a peacemaker. Uh, my mother-in-law always said that the wife should set the atmosphere for the home. If I heard her say that one time, I heard her say that a thousand times talking to women. You set the atmosphere of the home. And it is our job to be the peacemaker of the home. Isaiah 26, 3 says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Women, we have to be in the word of God. Pastor Samuel just said a while ago, I'll let my face work here, okay, about a scripture about a virtuous woman. Proverbs 12, 4, he didn't quote the scripture, but he alluded to it, and I looked it up real quick. A virtuous woman is a crown to her husband. If you are doing all that you can do, women of God, to follow wholeheartedly after the Lord, virtuous just means living right, doing the right thing. You're a crown unto your husband. We know in Proverbs 31, it talks about the virtuous woman, and it says that her husband will be praised in the streets because of her. So be that virtuous woman, but look at the opposite of that. She that maketh ashamed is as rottenness in his bones. Don't be shameful. Don't do shameful things because it's as rottenness in the bones of your husband. That's just icky. I don't want to make your bones rot. (laughs) I hope I don't make your bones rot. So do the right thing. Be virtuous. Love the Lord. That's got to be number one. Keep your mind on Christ. He will give you perfect peace in every situation. Matthew 5, 9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Do we want to be called a child of God? Then we must make peace. And then Proverbs 19, 13 through 14 says, A foolish son is the calamity of his father, and the contentions of a wife are a continual dropping. The contentions, so I looked up the word contentions. Contentions are the likelihood to cause an argument. Women, he talked about buttons. We have buttons. They have buttons. We know what buttons are going to cause an argument and what buttons aren't. Don't push the button. I don't want to be a continual dripping. You ever had a leaky faucet? And you just hear that drip, drip, and it gets louder, drip, drip, drip. I mean, right? It's annoying. It's a, don't be that to your husband. 
Don't be that to your spouse. Don't be a continual dripping. But houses and riches are the inheritance of fathers, and a prudent wife is from the Lord. Well, what does prudent mean? Prudent means marked by wisdom and judiciousness. I liked that word, judiciousness. When we are marked by wisdom and doing the right thing, making the right choice, following wholeheartedly after the Lord, then we're going to be a good wife. We're going to be a wife that's a crown into her husband, not that continual dripping. And then back to the thermostat. I literally took this sentence off of Google page talking about thermostats. What does a thermostat do? It sets the atmosphere, the temperature of the house, right? So be the thermostat, not the thermometer. We don't need you to tell us, it's hot in here, it's cold in here. We want you to be the level that sets the temperature. And so listen to this sentence. We need to be willing to change ourselves in order to maintain the comfortable environment. That's what it says a thermometer does. It changes itself thermostat does. It changes itself to keep the environment right. So as a wife, we change ourselves in order to maintain the comfortable environment for our husband and our family. We can't change all the situation, but we can get ourselves right with the Lord and make the changes to keep our house at peace. It's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy. It sounds really, really easy coming out of my mouth right now, and I know it's not easy because you work hard, you have laundry, you have children, you have dirty dishes, you have all of the things. But so has every woman since the beginning of time. And the only thing you can control is your attitude. And so as hard as it is, you've got to get that attitude check and you've got to keep it right because you are controlling that temperature for your household and that atmosphere for your household. And we want to maintain respect for our husband. There's a time that we can have some disagreement. What did, we heard a pastor say the other day, we don't fuss, we discuss. And so sometimes you have to have a discussion. But we're not going to do that in front of the kids. We're not going to do that in the bedroom, (laughs) okay? You're going to find a place. You're going to talk. You're going to have your time together. You're going to discuss. You're going to reach agreements. But there's still ways to do it without being ugly. You don't have to be ugly to one another. You can have disagreements without being ugly. And it's just choices. It's just choices. Day by day, making the choice to act right, keep my attitude right, maintain peace in my household. So those are the four things for women that I came up with. Follower, respecter, peacemaker, and thermometer. Those are our four. And we're going to talk a little bit. We're going to go back and forth, I think, a little bit and talk about children. Amen. Good job. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Out of, born out of love, a husband and wife, a great mystery, comes together as one. And out of that love and oneness, what happens? A bunch of children. 
children come. The, the, the creation of, of two individuals. And uh, you know what? We, we've got to learn as parents, are we loving our children? Are we training our children? Are we teaching our children? Are we correcting our children? We live in a society right now that just don't want you to just have, oh, no, no, just let them do whatever they want to do and be. That's not what the Bible says. Train up a child in the way he should go. Correct them. Spare the rod. Spoil the child. Well, now, that is not in the Bible. That's true. Did y'all know that's, that's not in the Bible? We preach we that, that like it's the time, in the Bible, but those words are rod. not in the Bible. No, yeah. I Googled it. Yeah. It was in a poem. A long, long, long time. I can't remember who wrote. I didn't memorize it. But anyway, but it was a poem. So the scripture is. Hold on. I took a photo of it. Well, this isn't that scripture. But I did take a photo of a scripture. <laughs> <laughs> but there are many scriptures. About and I want to. I'm going to read a whole chapter in a minute. But uh, one thing I was re- reading when I was studying that specific mm-hmm. uh, scripture was this, talking about the time that scripture was ri- written, and even today, shepherds use various tools to guide their sheep. And so we're talking about spare the rod. You're like, what's a rod? Well, a shepherd would use a staff, a crook, or a rod. The crook is the curved stick that you see in cartoon depictions of shepherds. When sheep fall into a pit or lose sight of their flock, they look down. And so then the shepherd uses that crook to lift their head so they can see where they need to go and guide it back in the way. In the same way, the rod is used to guide sheep who begin to splinter away from the flock and need to get back together. It can also use to be defensively against predators. So um, when you talk about leading your sheep, your sheep, your children like a shepherd leads his sheep, using the rod, because there is a scripture that talks about a rod. It's not spare the rods for the child. That's not it's, it. It's not. It'll come to and, me. And, and I read it, but yeah, this too. proverb is with many proverbs, 1324. All right, let me read it. They got it by memory over there with those young children. Those who spare the rod of discipline hate their children, but those who love their children care enough to discipline them. But a lot of that discipline, if you compare this rod image to the rod of a shepherd, a lot of that discipline has to come in the form of your guidance. You're leading them. You're redirecting them. It's not all about punishing them. It's about defending them, sometimes punishing them, but mainly redirecting them and leading them and guiding them. We know the difference in abuse than correction in love and guidance. Your child's running out there headed to the street, and you're going to run out there. You're not going to stand there and go, well, you know, I'd, I'd love to tell them no, but uh, they just got to be their own individual selves. You know, no, you love them, so you're not going to go let them run out in the street with, and get run over by a car. So you've got to train them and raise them and love them and teach them and show them. That old adage, do as I say, not as I do, that does not work. They're going to do what you do and more of it. 
So we've got to make sure that we're giving good examples for our children. A little bitty example. Um, I was given Collins her bottle on Friday. That's my grandbaby. Our grandbaby, our nine-month-old, and she's Papa's reaching princess. up. So she's, I'm holding her like this and got the bottle here, and she's reaching up with her hand just grabbing my nose and grabbing my lips and just, you know, just touch, just learning, just touching so many things. She's just noticing everything. And uh, at one time, she was, like, grabbing at my ear, and I was like, oh, you can't have my earring. And Morgan, I never thought about it, has a nose ring. And Morgan's like, I just know that someday she's probably going to grab it, and it's really going to hurt. So I try not to let her do that. Well, after she told me that, I never even thought of it, when, when Collins would reach for my nose, I just grabbed her little hand and just held it, didn't let her grab my nose, because I don't have a nose ring, but her mama does. So I'm just training her, just redirecting her little hand away from my nose. Not that she probably doesn't need to touch my nose anyway, but that's beside the point. <laughs> it was so cute. I was like, nose, nose, you know. <laughs> but that's beside the point, redirecting her because for her mom's sake, that's not something she needs to do. It's a little thing. It's not hurting Collins, but it could hurt Morgan. So you just start teaching them. Even at that age, yeah. okay, well, we're not going to do that. Let yeah. me redirect your little hand. Yeah. She stuck her finger up my nose. Oh, well. So. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so here's what we want to do. We could, we could go on and on and on, and y'all know we can. As we flow, as we close out our love month, we're not going to stop loving, are we? Because he said, I want you to grow in love, I want your love to overflow more and more as you grow in knowledge and understanding. You know what? I need to grow in knowledge and understanding of her. How does she work? How does she operate? What does she like? What does she not like? I, I, we're constantly growing. She's got to learn me. We, we, we have to learn our children. When the Bible says train up a child in the way he should go... That, that has a, a, a connotation of a tree. It's a specific tree that grows beside water. And one way, it can bend all the way over. But if you try to bend it the other way, it'll snap. There's a lot of parents that try to bend their children in ways they're not bent. You've got them in activities and things that they hate. They don't like. They're not good at. You've got to find out what that child likes. What are they good at? What do they enjoy? And then help them, guide them, teach them. But you know what? We did. We tried a lot of stuff till we found out. You know? And so you try the sport. You try this and that. And then once they tried it, once they started it, we did not let them quit. Not for that season. You started it. You said you wanted to play this. Now you're going to play it. Till this, this season's over, after that, you never have to do it again. Don't let your children quit things that they start. Teach them. Because if you do, what you're teaching them is if, if something gets hard, if I don't like it, I can just quit. And you know what? They'll quit every job they have. They'll quit on life. They'll quit on marriages. They'll, they'll quit. Let, we're, we're raising winners. We're raising people to teach them to endure, not quit. Amen? So... You might, you might tell you what can change your marriage, what can change your parenthood, what can change people. We know the Bible says, does the Bible say this? 
Prayer changes things. Prayer changes things. Did you know it's hard to hate somebody you're praying for? Did you know it's hard to be mad at somebody you're praying for? So what we're going to do today, we're going to put in your hands these cards. Okay? And every day in the month of March, we just went through February. We did all these things. Now we're going to begin to pray for our spouse. Maybe you've been fussing about your spouse. You've been complaining about your spouse. You've been griping about your children. Because honestly, for some people... This 29-day challenge may have been very discouraging. Maybe you didn't receive what you thought you would receive. Or maybe you didn't get anything. And it's just like, well, what's the point? But there is a point. It's not too late. And so let's pray. For some, it was so easy because they're already doing it anyway. For others, it was a beginning and seeing what they need. And some just didn't do it. Some just didn't do it. So... We're going to begin to pray for one another. And as we begin to pray for one another, we're going to pray that the Lord does something wonderful in their life. Amen? I have one more scripture read before scripture. we get to this. We're going to read this, then we're going to put them in I'm your I'm not hands. going to read the whole thing, but as parents, I want you to go home and read Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. I'm just going to read the first three verses. It says, My children, listen to your father... Listen when your father corrects you. Pay attention and learn good judgment, for I'm giving you good guidance. Don't turn away from my instructions, for I, too, was once my father's son, tenderly loved as my mother's only child. So this is just this writer's point of view, but it's the whole entire chapter is a father giving advice to his children. So as parents, we could follow along and give this advice to our children and then encourage our children in the Lord. Read to your children. Tell them the Bible stories. Read a scripture. Let them memorize Psalm 23. Let them memorize uh, the Lord's Prayer. Let them memorize John 3.16. It'll carry them the rest of their lives. But go home. That's your homework. Besides prayer, read Proverbs 4. So the, the ushers, if ushers, you'd go ahead, and they're passing these out. So uh, ushers, look at me real quick, all you ushers. Make sure the ones that says, lifting my husband, that goes to the wives. The ones that says, lifting my children, give one per family, okay? And then the one that says, lifting my wife, goes to the husband. All right, so make sure you get the right one. See, we just had the wrong ones right there. So they're going to pass those out. Uh, make sure if you didn't, don't get one when they're finished, we'll get it to you. Uh, listen to this. So every day, I'm going to begin to pray. Lord, thank you for my wife. I ask your will for her in these things according to your word. Fill my wife with love for you, that she would love you with all of her heart, her soul, and mind. Cause her to delight in your word and open her eyes that she can behold the wondrous things of your law. Give her understanding. Compel her to pray continually so that she'll live and walk by your spirit. Empower her to run with endurance the race set before her to focus on pleasing you. Give her wisdom, strength, perseverance, good works, which you've prepared beforehand for her to do according to unique ways you've designed her. And each one of these is a scripture. 
and it'll give the scripture. And I encourage you to go and look it up, read it. Continue to make her a wife of noble character, compassion, wisdom, diligent, and skilled to care for her home and family. Replace her insecurities that she may have in her ability to trust and rest in your approval. Let her beauty be in the hidden person of her heart, the imperishable beauty and gentle, quiet, rested spirit. Flood her with peace and faith. Increase her desire to teach and model godliness as a mother for the next generation. Uh, and let her forget not the works of God. Be her shield in her mind and her heart and her body. Guard her from the evil one. That's what Adam should have been doing with Eve. She wouldn't have gotten in trouble. Husband, you pray that the Lord will guard her. Keep her sexually pure and honorable. Blessed are the pure in heart. They shall see God. Give her friendships with godly women. That they'll stir up one another to love and good works. And let your favor rest upon her and establish the works of her hands. And it closes. And this is the confidence we have toward him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he will hear us. Every day. I'm going to keep that by my chair. Keep it in my Bible. Every morning I'm going to pray over her. And ask the Lord to do those things in her and believe that the Lord's going to hear me, and He's going to begin to do those things. Amen? Now, you don't have to read that. The first they're, they're, several are the same, and then they change a little more specifically for the man. Yeah. And then it ends the same. Yes. And then the ones for the children. So they're more... It's basically like, Lord, let them know who they are. Keep them safe. Keep them pure. And so I want to just put these in your hands as we've done. Now, don't stop doing the little sweet things, Okay? That's what you were doing to one another. But this is in your private time. This is in your prayer time. Maybe you're going to do this at lunch. You'll put this uh, with your lunch. And, and just every day, pray for your spouse. And I promise you, if you'll begin to pray, and you can use that for friends. You can use it for your enemies. You can use it for your neighbors. Lord, bless them. And I promise you, if you'll begin to pray for somebody and bless them, those bad feelings you have toward them will go away. And the Lord will begin to soften your heart. And guess what? As you're praying for them, they're praying for you. Won't it be good to know somebody's praying for you every day? Yeah. And I encourage you to, to, to pray for your spouse and your children and a friendship uh, those of you, you're, you're not married, pick a friend, pick a neighbor, pick a co-worker, pick a, a family member, and begin to pray for them. If you know those that do not know Christ as their Lord and Savior, I want you to begin to pray for them. If, if you did not receive a card uh, of any kind and you need one, raise your hand. Wow, they did good. All right. Well, ushers, if y'all would, be stand back at the back door. If somebody doesn't, none of, if your spouse is not here, get one for them, okay? Take it home, give it to them, and say, look, this is for you. You're supposed to pray for me every day. Pastor said so. <laughs> Are you a Christ follower? Husbands, are you leading Somewhere your wife can go. Are you laying down your life as Christ laid down his life for us? Are you loving unconditionally? 
Wives, are you respecting? Are you following his leadership? Are you giving him honor? Are you loving? Are we fulfilling one another? I'm going to tell you, it's very hard to love each other when you've never received the love of God. You see, God is love. It's not what God has. It's not what God does. It's who He is. And He loved you so much that He sent His Son, Jesus, to die on the cross for you. The Lord's been touching my heart and just giving me a love. And and I've been praying for the Muslim community. So I was sitting right here one Sunday morning worshiping. I had just a quick blip. And I turned and I looked and I saw a Muslim family sitting here. I knew because of their dress. From that little blip, I began to say, Lord, if you sent us someone, how would I, how would I respond? I don't know anything about. And I've been studying. I've been reading. I've been learning. One of the hardest things to overcome, did you know that in the Quran it says, God is not a father and Jesus is not his son. See, that, 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 that lie that's been perpetrated from the very beginning puts a wall up with people when you're trying to minister to them to say, for God sent his only son. He died on the cross for you. They believe he didn't die. He was replaced. There's so many things and differences I'm learning so I can learn how to minister, learn how to love. I'm going to tell you today, God is a father. He did have a son, and he sent his son into this world to die on the cross for our sins because we could not be reconciled to God. Our sins were many. He sinned not, yet He paid the penalty for our sins. So now because of His Son Jesus, and if I will follow Him, if I'll be a Christ follower, if I'll accept Christ as my Lord and Savior and say, Lord, I'm sorry, forgive me of my sins, He forgives all of my sins and He becomes the Lord of our life. And He said, I go to prepare a place for you Where I am, you'll be also. Heaven can be in your destiny. Hell is not your destiny. Hell is where the devil wants to take you. But hell is not what God has for you. Heaven is where God wants you to spend eternity. But Jesus said, no man comes to the Father except by me. Today, if you want to be a husband that leads your wife, you've got to be a Christ follower. Give her somebody worth following. You're a wife, not following Christ. You're not going to be able to love your husband the way he deserves to be loved. You're not going to be able to give him the respect. But as husbands and wives submitting their lives to Christ, it's a beautiful thing. It's a mystery. But God will reveal it to you. And you can have a wonderful life, a wonderful marriage, and a wonderful eternity. His heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I want to ask you today, are you being the husband that you need to be? Are you following where she needs to go? Are you protecting, providing, promoting? Are you loving? Are you the wife you need to be?
Are you respecting and honoring and following His leadership? Are you loving? Are you setting that atmosphere of love in the home? If you can not without hesitation say, Yes, I'm doing everything I need to do as a husband, as a wife, then... I start out first saying, Lord, I can do better. I need to grow more and more in my knowledge, my ability of my spouse. But I ask myself, and I ask you, are you following Christ? If you were to die today, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? Have you given your heart and life to Jesus? Are your sins forgiven? Are you living your own life, doing your own thing, going your own way? Or have you come to a point in your life to where you said, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I give my heart to you. I confess my sins and ask you to be my Lord and Savior. If you have not ever done that, today is a good day to do it. Today's a good day to become a Christ follower. Today's a good day to have your destiny changed from hell to heaven. And as you experience that unconditional love, you're going to be able to lead your family in a greater way. I ask you, are you here today and you need to give your heart and life to Jesus? If that's you, would you just slip your hand up right where you're at and say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to give my heart today. Yes. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Would you pray with me? Everybody in the house. This is just between you and the Lord. Listen, you're going to have to stand up. You're going to have to live it out. But this is right now. It is a destiny change. He loves you so much. Be sincere in your heart when you say with me, Dear Lord Jesus, Thank you. For being a savior. For dying on the cross for humanity. But today. I'm asking. That you be my savior. Jesus. I ask you today to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my friend. Today, I choose to follow you. I'll do what you've called me to do. I'll be who you've called me to be. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll go where you want me to go. Today, I surrender my life. To Jesus Christ. And I'll follow him. For the rest of my life. Jesus. Thank you. For being my savior. And my Lord. Amen. Come on give these a big hand clap today.